Good morning, good morning, good morning. Final hour came. No, first hour candy company. Final one for this year. Can you believe it, huh? I want to say good morning, good morning to all police and fire personnel, civil servants, health care employees, and good old number 41. Uh, by the way, this is 41 singing. <clears throat> but, of course, we can't begin the show without our uh, famed honorable mayor of Norton, Massachusetts, one Peter J. Wiggins. Good morning, Mr. Wiggins. Boy, 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 you're really into it. <laughs> How you doing, yeah. buddy? What, 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 what's going on? Huh? Yesterday, I got to attend my first track meet at the Reggie Lewis Center with a Norton Lancer. Uh, did you win? The Lancers won. Oh, okay. Did you win? Were you on, in the track meet? Were you? No, no, my. Oh, good. Because I, I never run unless, yeah, I never run unless I'm being chased. So I don't go. Now, tell me what you got for me besides that. And yesterday, the North Lancers girls basketball team in the consolation game in the Abington Holiday Tournament beat the Abington Green Wave 64 to 50. Wow. And number three? Going to have a good, good 2024 20, tap as you'll be filled with covering the Lancers and the sporting events and the meetings and the Wheaton Line sporting events. And then going to be one busy mayor in 2024. You certainly are. That's amazing. Now, I got to tell you, though, no offense, but this is absolutely the last time I'm speaking to you. Uh, this year. Okay? That's right. Okay, buddy. God bless you. Shabbat shalom. You. Shabbat shalom, Dave. See you, bye. See you, bye-bye. Bye. As our friend Peter J. Wiggins. <clears throat> and you and me on the radio till noontime today. 508-222-1320. 508-222-1320. My friend Ron Saminski always tells me I don't, I don't give up a number enough. So... I, I want, in this first hour, now at 10 o'clock this morning, Jim Jones will be joining me. And Jim is the, as you know, head honcho here at the WACSNWARA. And um, he'll be coming in with uh, stuff that he'd like to talk about, things we can touch on. But um, I have lots of stuff to on my mind this morning that I want to share with you. Um, and I promise you that some of these, some of these topics you have heard me rant about several times in the last several weeks. And I promise you that this will absolutely be the last time you'll hear me talk about this this year. Okay? Okay. Uh, on Tuesday, January 2nd, the um, Attleboro City Council will be sworn in on Tuesday, January second. The Honorable City Council will be sworn in with two other people, and you know that if you've listened to me at all, you know what I think about all of this resolution thing. And, and you know what I thought about the people who, this, this gang of three who, who ran for school committee and embarrassed themselves publicly, who showed the world their prejudices, who showed the world their intolerance, who showed the world that they had no interest in guaranteeing the rights of anybody that wasn't them or just like them or look like them. Or act like them. 
or think like them or worship like them. Now, you know, I've been on the air. <laughs> Let me see now. I've been on the air, yeah, just yeah, just about 60 years I've been on radio and television. Yeah, actually, 62, I think I'm adding it up here. <clears throat> and 50 years of that uh, was talk radio, is talk radio. I came to do, uh, to this town, uh, the city, excuse me, uh, W. Uh, uh, I came to WARA the day after Christmas in 1982. And, uh, and during my tenure here at that time in the 80s, this was just a cool town. We had city councilors, some who you agreed with, some who you didn't. We had uh, mayors, some I agreed with, some I didn't. We've had members of, oh God, police department and fire department and, and who knows. And, and, but all of them were good people. All of them were genuine individuals. Now, you may have disagreed with them politically. They may have misspoke or said something that they didn't mean to cause the chazariah that he did. But still, you knew that these people had good intentions in mind. They really did want to contribute to the, to the growth and the health of this community. That's why I've always loved that world. In my work with, uh, with charitable organizations, I have seen you reach in your pocket or show up and volunteer or make connections or try to call other people to help out. You, you have been unbelievable in your care for people who, don't, who, are not, who are not making it, people who are hitting it tough, people who need help, care, and appreciation. And you have never let me down in my observation about that, in my belief about that. And suddenly, all of that changed in this last election for me. My vision of the town has changed. It has broken my heart. You know, listen, I, I didn't get along with the last mayor. I thought he was. I thought he was a yutz in a lot of ways. I thought he. He always thought that he was the smartest guy in the room, and he wasn't. But as much as I thought he was clueless on so many areas, I never once questioned his desire as a human being to do what was best in his vision for this city. I never challenged that. I, I, I got under his very thin skin. And I yes, I know, I, I, I sued him just to, to get his attention about the First Amendment. 
and about which originated somewhere around the Magna Carta, the right to address your government, right? <clears throat> I had problems there. But I never challenged his dedication to doing what he thought was correct. Which is why I, if you remember why I, I said he would make a tremendous sheriff in Bristol County. He wanted the gig. I thought he was, pre, you know, like if I was a if I was a baseball manager, I'd put him in the position. He should be in to, to benefit the team, and that's where he is now. But I never challenged the man's dedication to wanting to do the right thing. We, you know, we can argue about whether or not you should, you know, paint the wall and then do the trim, or do the trim and then paint the wall. I mean, you can always argue that. But the election, this, the election this year, brought out some horrible, horrible truths about what's happening in our country. You know, Tip O'Neill said all politics is, is local, and more than ever, I've seen it in this last election. Well, we actually had two city councilors refuse to endorse a human rights resolution because they were afraid that somebody they didn't like, didn't want, didn't agree with, feared would benefit from that. They couldn't bring themselves to tell the truth to everybody about what they were forced to, weren't they? They were forced to tell everybody who they really are. That's what they've run into. They were forced to tell everybody who they really are. And because of that, we now have two people on the council who had no courage to say who they really were. And now you're stuck with them. You're stuck. I'm not. I don't live here. You're stuck with them. They suckered you. And that was only the beginning. There's a lot more. Stay tuned. 508-222-1320 if you'd like to jump in here. If not, I don't, I don't blame you. You know, it, it, it's really sad because you have, here you have somebody, and, and I want to make it clear, one of the people on the city council who did not agree with guaranteeing your civil rights, your human rights, okay? One of those people uh, really is a victim um, he's a victim of very poor education uh, area. Oh, he's allegedly educated. It, it, it's how you're educated. He was homeschooled. Then he went to one of these evangelical churches. And then he went to Liberty University. And he came back here, and, 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 and then he decided he was not going to support your human rights. This is after you voted for him, by the way.
Now, I have no problem with his being homeschooled, only that it, it really, in my opinion, damages their ability um, for social interaction and to understand that there are people not like him who are still perfectly fine. I have no problem with his going to some evangelical church who's decided that God loves you if you meet the mark, the mark they have set, the mark that they have decided. He's, victim. He's been victimized by his own religion, victimized by his own early education. And then he goes to Liberty University, <laughs> founded by Jerry Falwell, who is the primary leader in, in, in actions and attitudes against our gay community. He's, this is the guy that, that coined the phrase Ellen DeGeneres when she came out, when Ellen DeGeneres came out. So you see, this counselor has been terribly damaged by people. He's been, he's been miseducated, in my opinion. Miseducated. Now, I want to make it clear. I have no problem with his being a member of any given church. I have no problem with him graduating from any school he wants. I have no problem personally with his, his uh, homeschooling, as, as much damage as I think these things have done. My problem is that this man did not tell you the truth about who he was. My problem is that this man, who believes all of these things from his church and from his college and from his dip, he believes all of these things, fine. And then he took an oath. He took an oath to be a city councilor. And in that oath, he promised... In that oath, he promised to uphold the Constitution. You understand that, right? In that oath, he promised to uphold the Constitution. And he broke the promise. He broke the promise because he isn't doing it. I, so-and-so, having been selected or elected Council of the City of Attleboro do solemnly swear that I will faithfully perform the duties of that office. I swear to uphold and defend the federal and state constitution and to oppose the overthrow of the federal and state government by forced violence or any illegal or unconstitutional matter. So he didn't tell you what his real thoughts were. He got caught. He got caught. And because he believes so sincerely what he's been trained to believe, he couldn't bring himself to put his name on a resolution guaranteeing your, your human rights. How do you feel about that? Now, there's nothing you can do about it because on Tuesday, he's going to break his oath. He's going to break it again. He's going to lie again under oath, in my opinion. This is a lie under oath. He has promised to uphold the Constitution. He's broken it. And he's going to do it again on Tuesday, along with the other council. But not only is he, in my opinion, breaking the 
<laughs> his oath as a counselor, he's also breaking his oath as an attorney. He's an attorney. And the Bar Association has the same, the same type of oath. You swear to uphold the Constitution. So now you have somebody who <clears throat> not only doesn't think you're entitled to human rights, but he's willing to lie, stand up in front of, pardon the expression, God and everybody. Raise his right hand and look right in your face and lie to you that he's going to uphold your rights. It's a historical moment, not one that hasn't been performed thousands of times, by the way, around the world, maybe millions, I don't know. People lying to you again and again. And these people <clears throat> who ran for school committee, these sad, embarrassing individuals who ran for school committee. This woman who came into the studio and sat in the chair I'm looking at right now and lied through her teeth about her involvement in the attempt to stop CRT from being taught in the schools, that it wasn't being taught anyway, but she, she started that whole debacle. And then, of course, she was against DEI, Diversity, Equality, and Inclusion, DEI. She started a, a webpage to fight against that. This thing about banning books, it was all about an attack on the gay community. It was, that's all it was. It was an un-American, embarrassing attack on the gay community. Now, it was, I was thinking about this on the way in this morning. I was talking to myself, of course, like I am now. <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, you know, when you get angry with someone, like this, you say, boy, I wish, blah, 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 blah. Boy, I wish he'd fall down the stairs. Boy, I wish he'd fall. No. Because one of the thoughts that came across my mind was what poetic, ironic justice there would be if the children of each one of these dummies who ran for school committee attempting to attack gay community each one of them suddenly found themselves in a conversation with their child who is telling them that they're gay. See, I can't wish on them that one of their children turns out to be gay because that's not a punishment. That's a joy. If you are a parent and your child gets to have the unconditional love, your unconditional love to embrace them, and care for them like you would know him, no matter what the deal was. So I can't say, well, I, you should have a game. It's, it's a joy. It, it, is, it is an absolute blessing just to have a child. But it's more of a blessing to truly be able to love and accept that child because they're breathing. Because they're because they are a gift. You don't get to not love them because they've fallen in love with someone of a different color. You don't get to not love them and care about them because they've got a drug problem. You don't care and you don't get to, to, to turn your back on your children 
because you've been so damaged in your own knowledge and experience in the world to think that being gay is somehow an anomaly of some sort. It is your damage that is being caused here. Your damage that is causing all of the tumult. You have no idea. You have no idea. So I'm not going to wish that these people have gay kids because that would be too much of a gift. I don't want them to have that gift. I don't because I want to protect the child. I hope none of them have any kind of trouble, drugs, illness. I want their children alive and well, doing well, and, and, and not in a position that's going to challenge the understanding of whether or not their parent can love them unconditionally. Because each one of these people, I believe, would fall flat on their face in that issue. Flat on their face. And thank God you were smart enough not to vote these dummies in. Thank God you were bright enough to realize what the real deal was here. This was only about LGTB, gay. You know, it's funny because we got all these letters now. I mean, it would be so much easier, you know, we just say some pejorative, nasty word. You know, it, 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 it's astounding. I feel like, I feel like uh, you know, I, I, I was in a coma in, in Attleboro. Back in the 80s, I, I, you know, bang my head and, um, and I wake up today and I'm still working at WARA, but the, the city around me is, is, is being infiltrated with this horror, horror of hate and discrimination. Horror. It, it, it turns my stomach. So um, am I the only one that thinks like this? Don't forget that the um, um, inauguration, after they're going to have light refreshments, I'm sure it'll be carefree and gay. It'll upset a lot of people, but so what? 508-222-1320, telephone number to call. If you have anything to say, <laughs> you, you may not. <laughs> You know, all that is necessary for evil to exist is for good people not to pick up the phone and chime in. And, you know, it's one thing. It's so funny to me. I mean, it really is funny. I tell this. I've been telling this story to friends of mine who are in talk radio. And and they think I'm making it up. When I say we not only had a counselor who wouldn't sign it, we had another counselor who accidentally <laughs> signed it. Who accidentally signed it. I guess. And what did she do? She went back and whited out her name. <laughs> not only did I not want to sign it, she gets a white white out. I really didn't want to sign it. She's putting a white out. I really. Didn't. Oh my dear Jesus, help me. You're, well, you're, you know you're screwed now because these two people are on the council, and we'll see what they do. But um. You need to know that, that they have told you who they are. Now, 
Uh, I had the mayor in last week, and we talked about things, and she mentioned I wanted to take down the resolution and take it out of the frame and bring it to the inauguration on Tuesday and offer the new counselors, Pam Foer, Nick Lavoie, Lori Sawyer, to affix their signatures to that resolution. I thought it's just a courtesy to let them sign it. But the mayor mayor said, no, I don't want a litmus test. It wasn't a litmus test. It was just an opportunity for them to support what most of, most of America should believe in, most of the world, most, dare I say, Christians, yeah, should believe in. <clears throat> but the mayor's in a tough position here. You know, she's got to deal with everybody, and, and she, she's got enough on her plate, and she doesn't need, she doesn't need this, this chazarai going on. And I was, I was thinking about her, too, because, listen, for me, I, I'm, technically I don't have a dog in this fight about the, like, the school committee stuff. I say I don't have a dog in the fight because it was all about gay people. We happen to have a gay mayor. So she's stuck between a rock and a hard place because if she makes more of it, 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 there are people who say, oh, she's only doing that because blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. I want to tell you something. As I tell you, for years in talk radio, I have always tried to help the, quote, the underdog or the, the, the people that are being jumped on unfairly or the people being whatever it is. And I've had no problem doing it, right? I've had no problem doing it. And people would listen to what I had to say because I didn't have a dog in the fight, so to speak, right? I wasn't elderly, I wasn't handicapped, whatever. But when the station nightclub fire happened, uh, I was screaming and yelling about what happened and how it happened and what the state has done, fire laws and, and, and after that, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I was screaming about everything. And you know what? What I ran into for the first time in my life in broadcasting Somebody saying, oh, he's just upset because his son died. Completely dismissing the message I'm trying to give to everybody about fire safety, about people following laws, etc. But it got pushed away. It got poo-pooed, as my mother would say. Oh, well, you know, yeah, well, he's only, he's only upset about that because his kid died. Completely ignoring the real, the bigger issue, the most important bigger issue, right? Writing it off. And that was a new position for me. Because, I mean, unless you were going after left-handed Irish Catholic kids, I was safe. But when someone refuses to sign a human rights declaration, 
now I'm in the fight too. And our mayor, in an attempt to do the job she needs to do and also be be um, uh, sincere and, and honest to herself, and this is just me saying this, I haven't discussed this with her. I'm just telling you how I see it. And how I see it is she's going to run into uh, what I ran into and have watched other people run into, which is if you are affected by the issue, whatever it is, your opinion or your gets diminished, gets diluted. Because after all, you know, you lost a kid in that fire. Or, well, yeah, that's because you remember, you're a member of that tribe or whatever. whatever. One of my strengths in fighting for people who were getting jumped on was that I was not perceived to have a dog in the fight. That I was trying to talk logically with people, not emotionally. And when the fire happened, that changed. Think about it. So when you, uh, when you attend the inauguration on Tuesday, think about the people who are standing up there and putting their hands up. Think about your school committee who have been reelected or new to the school committee who have been able to garner your support because you knew what was going on with that that. Yutsi gang of three. <laughs> you knew exactly what the right choice was. You knew it. And you acted accordingly. 508-222-1320. 508-222-1320. I've just been talking to you about what I guess could be referred to as the bliss of of um, of living in the Attleboro area. The goodness of the people at base, the caring, the giving, the loving. But sometimes that can quietly change. It sneaks up on you. The bliss that you once knew about is suddenly Forgot. Yes, this is Nikki singing. Five zero eight two 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 thirteen twenty. That was uh, that was Nick, and he uh, he wrote that song a lot of years ago. Nick did. Uh, if you like, I mean, I I thought it was rather appropriate, don't you think? I thought it was pretty appropriate. And 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 I know that I, I some people must think that you know, well, there's something wrong with you, you know. I mean, it's so dramatic. But this really did get my attention. It really did get my attention. You know, I'm used to politics. I'm used to uh, the foolishness of what goes on. Talk radio and the like. But this really bothered me because of what it was. This really bothered me because of what it was really about. It was really about this, frankly, this uh, MAGA movement to establish good guys and bad guys and to decide that anybody that isn't on the team uh, should be gone, should be punished. 
should be, I don't know what, thrown into the, thrown into the abyss. I don't know. But they had the feelings for me. It made me have these feelings how very serious all of this was. Very serious. And I'm hoping to be able to do something if only if only to if only to give a heads up if only to give a heads up to to you and to anybody who who cares about what's going on anybody who cares my hope is that you, know, you will think about this. Because all the elections are over now and you're stuck with the, the people you've voted for. <laughs> In most cases, you're not stuck. You should be elated. You should be elated. Don't forget what these people who you voted for really believe, what they really think. As I said, I wanted, I wanted the new counselors uh, to have a chance to affix their signatures to the resolution. But um, and I and and just just you know is is a spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler alert. Okay, all three new counselors uh, certainly would have signed that resolution. Lori Sawyer uh, used to be the head of the. Human Rights Commission here. Nick Lavoy, new counselor, told me he would definitely sign it. Pam Foa, new city counselor, said she would definitely sign it, given the opportunity. So maybe that can still happen. Maybe that can still happen. Maybe um, what we could do is... Um, After everybody gets seated, maybe some night it could be taken down and we could quietly add the signatures of these other three counselors. What do you think? Doesn't need to be any ceremony. We could do it in the dark of night. We could... <laughs> we could sneak in. down the resolution and, and, and take it out of the frame and then, and then have the three counselors sneak into the city hall to the back door. Right, right. And we'd have a pen ready and then they could sign their names and then quietly turn and, and go out and get in their car and, 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 and skulk off Skulk. You could skulk off. Maybe that could happen. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Then that'd be a big deal thing. I wanted them to bring the resolution to the inauguration, and, and, and 
I wanted uh, just to have it in the, in, the, in the lobby, in the lobby. And after the inauguration, just walk up to each of the counselors and say, would you like to sign this? And they would. <clears throat> and it isn't a litmus test. It isn't a litmus test. It's an identification test. It is the opportunity to, to tell the world who you are, what you really think. And if you are the parent, for instance, of a gay child, <laughs> of a gay child, wouldn't you want to know what your elected officials think? Wouldn't you want to speak up? Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want to speak up. You don't want to cause a problem. It's okay if somebody doesn't your kid because they're gay. It's all right. I'll just, you know, I'll pretend. I'll be nice to the man. I'm not sure I, I, I did a, a very good job on this this morning, but I had to share with you what I thought. I had to share with you what I feared for this community. The community that I frankly really have a great appreciation and respect. And you were being sold a bill of goods as it pertained to to the um, to the school committee. The banning books thing was all about gay people. That's all it was. Like somebody could, you can't teach your child to be gay any more than you can pray the gay away if that's what you care about. Don't be a fool. And then I had that, that Nice old lady that called me during that the election, and she got suckered in by these people. She thought she was protecting children. She had no idea. She comes from an era when, well, she just didn't understand. She didn't get it. Didn't get it. She was a nice woman. She thought she was doing the right thing, and that's what happens. People get suckered in because they've been brought up to to think this way about that thing or this way about that thing. And then someone comes along and says, well, you know, that person could end up being left-handed. We don't want that. You know, it's funny. I, re I remember first grade, Catholic school. I picked up a pencil, and the nun took the pencil out of my hand and put it in my right hand and put it in my right hand. And I proceeded to put the pencil back in my left hand. Now, I don't want to, you know, any young kids here, I don't want them to be shocked that the person they're listen, listening to is left-handed. I know you don't want them exposed to that. Maybe you want to, maybe I should put my disclaimer on again so you keep your kids away. You don't want them listening to someone who's left-handed, right? So I'm trying to just, I'm just, telling you what I think, what I've been thinking about. And it's not a good feeling. And I, and I feel very, I feel like I'm very naive, you know? I mean, I'm not a naive guy. I've been around too long and been exposed to too much and been threatened by too many. And I know I know that all of this 
that I'm talking about is not hyperbole. It's not ex- explosive. It's not. It's not overblown. It's all real. It's all real. It's happening right now in your community, right now. And you need to do something about it. You need to be aware. You need to call a spade a spade. You need to be able to, to see what's going on. See what's going on. And speak out about it. Mostly don't get sucked into voting for somebody who doesn't even think you should have the right to be a human being. You should have any protection. You know, there's a lot There's a lot of people listening to me right now who are members of all the different groups that would not get human rights protection if it were the choice of certain people. I, I, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Because this has really bothered me. And I said to my wife this morning, I'm going to talk about it. I'm just going to talk about it all. So, so I did. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Second hour, Candy Company. You and me together till noontime today. Want to say good morning, good morning to all police and fire personnel, civil servants, healthcare employees. And this is good old number 41. I'm in a different position now. I'm standing at attention because the entrance of the... Um, <clears throat> the iconic uh, chief cook and bottle washer of ACS and WARA, one Jim Jones. Is a, may I see it, sit, be seated? You may. Thank you, you very much. Appreciate it. How are you? Very well, very well. Thanks for coming in. You're welcome. Well, I was going to come in last week, but, you know, I had heard that uh, Jay Delisio was coming in. And on a Saturday when there's Jay Delisio, right with him is Rep Hawkins. And you can't, <laughs> and I know. I was like, nope, can't. It's like he's like happen. he's like your nemesis. It's yes, really, yes. Every time I book Jim to come in, Hawkins will come in for something important to talk about. But he'll just because I always say to these guys, come in anytime. Right. Doors open. If you got something to promote, I want to promote help the community because mm-hmm. that's what we do. But it would always time out for you, but right. not today. And so Hawkins showed up for Senator Feeney's. Holiday Spectacular here on WARA. Oh, that yeah, I remember. I wasn't it, invited it, to that. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> you were. You just got kicked out. I know. Uh, that's different. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so Hawkins was there. So when you asked me this to appear yeah, this week, yeah. I, I figured I was safe. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's had his yes his day in the sun. Right. So what's happening? I mean, tell me. But I don't know. First of all, who am I warming up for? Today. Warming up for anybody, you, this is, you, you are the star. You have this whole hour all for yourself. Okay. All no, right. well, um, but the uh, North Attleboro Town Administrator Mike Borg is coming oh, the, in. Okay, talk all about right. Fisher College and and whatever else he's got going on. Oh, good. And Emerald Square. I'm hoping you know plans mm-hmm. for that. So you know. Okay. Don't be. Don't get a. You know. Don't get show busy, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I want, my, I want my name to say and Jim Jones as Rebus or something. Right, right. <laughs> so talk to me. Talk to me. I um, I guess you heard a little bit of what I had to say this morning. Yeah, and, so and, when I when I finally turned on the radio, you were playing Nikki's song, and then yep. you went into your last 
mm-hmm. 15 minutes mm-hmm. talking about the, the stuff. The stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking this morning about a lot of stuff. <clears throat> uh, Joanne, my wife has, has a, an aunt who used to be her uncle. And okay. the aunt, this is going back to the late 60s. Mm-hmm. By herself, she got the money. She went, she went to Canada. Mm-hmm. She had the operation that had to be tra- you know, trans mm-hmm. into a female. And I thought to myself, the torture she went through emotionally, physically, financially, all to be who she believed she really was. Before and after. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. All the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember one day, I think it was around, I think it was at Christmas, we were sitting at, a, at my dining room table, and everybody had gone downstairs for something, something's going on. And she turned to me and she said, without solicitation, she said to me, I'm really glad I did what I did. I'm really glad hmm. I am who I am. <clears throat> yep. And when I think about all of the stuff that I was talking about this morning, it drives me crazy to, to, to think that someone goes through that just to be able to be unaccepted either way. Mm-hmm. It's astounding. Yeah, and, and I think in that case, as long as you're true to yourself, that, that's what really matters. You know, your trial and tribulations here. But it's hard to be true to yourself when the whole world is telling you you're a freak. Sure. It's hard to be true to you when your family, I mean, Joanne's family was not like that, but I, I'm thinking about another But there family. are people in this world that are accepting <clears throat> and... Right. Yeah, yeah, her family certainly was. Right. And, and supportive and everything. And uh, and I think about Nick, and I mean, Nick wrote this play we, I talk about all the time, but this kid was 16. Right. He happened to be straight. He had a girlfriend, he had, you know, and it drove him crazy what happens to gay people in our community. This is 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 20. And and nobody gets it still. I, I'm trying to understand. When does it change? I was lamenting. I didn't hear it. I was like saying that in the 80s when I was here, it was a nice, simple town. Mm-hmm very giving, very caring, very accepting. All the charities that do well get supported everywhere, even now. <clears throat> but this past election showed a, a real snake coming in with this attempt to get hold of the school committee and with this attempt. No, that, you know, that was very interesting. And, and you know, it, doesn't, it didn't start there. It started, I mean, you, you can probably look back in the 80s and say it started at this point. But, I mean, COVID hit, and you had that issue. Then you had DEI, and the same people went nuts. Yeah. And then you had the books, and the same people went nuts. And I don't think it's as big as an issue as it's made out to be. I think there are key people, you know, 20, 30 different people. Now, camel with this foot in the tent. Sure. Camel with this foot in the tent. That's what I'm saying. Before, you know, they, they were quiet and all that stuff. I mean, there are always people that are going to be mm-hmm. like that. I mean, you know, you probably have answers, you know, aunts and uncles. Or, you know, mm-hmm. 
But I'm talking about this insidious but, sneaking. But, okay, in. but DEI <clears throat> is there. Uh, the books are still in the library. Yes. You can still take those books out. Yeah. What was it for? It, 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 it was for nothing. Actually. Right. And, 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 go ahead. And I'm sure in a year there will be another issue. Well, the, other, well the other issue is going to be the issue is these, for instance, these three people are ran for school committee, as an example. Mm -hmm. They went out in the public. Well, Port's done it before, but get out in the well, public. Really, and two tells, people ran. Two people ran. Well, Port was running. Yep. And, and no, and, and and Finn. Yep. And the guy, the UPS guy. Did he run? Well, I know, but he was out <laughs> in front of everybody, <clears throat> saying that he was, you know, blah blah blah, mm -hmm. from the Chronicle. The Chronicle, you know, tested them and you know uh, mm -hmm. asked them. So th when I'm. I'm just saying is that they get up in front of the world and they say, I'm against gay people. They think they're hiding it. I want to protect your children. I want to, who the hell's, who are they kidding? And then now the whole world, who cares about it, the whole world, the people who care about this, every time they see them, say, you know, she meant, and uh, this was her idea. As they turn and say that to their gay lover, <laughs> you know who that is. I mean, come on, come on. Yeah, I don't know. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? You, I mean, put yourself out there, like for, that for yeah. your beliefs. Well, for your beliefs, except that you know that this is not going to be something that's going to go well for you, as you said. Well, I mean, it's usually masked under. You know, protecting the children. It's always masked under. Sure, <clears throat> sure, sure. And, and, and you know, and but let me just throw this out there. Yeah, there are some people, and I'm sure maybe one or two of those is the case. In their hearts, it is truly to protect the children. But they get caught up in the bigger picture. Well, because they, they their ignorance. Is Maybe. Weird. This is their ignorance about the whole deal. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a guy who is going to get sworn in, and uh, and you and I talked about this, about about we don't care what his religion is. We don't care what, you know, but he has decided he's going to apply for a job by running for office, mm -hmm. and then knowing he has to take the oath that says he's going to do something he knows he's not going to do. So you break the oath as a counselor, and you break the oath again Tuesday, and you've also broken the oath of the ABA to be an attorney. You take a yeah. I don't know anything about well, that. Well, no, but so. it, it no, just simple. I support the United, you know, defend the, the Constitution of the United mm -hmm. States. It's the same, almost the same wording in all of these places. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's the part that I. I don't care what religion is. I don't care what shirt he wears. I don't care what I do care about. You, 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 you're applying for a job at the SPCA, okay. knowing that as soon as they leave the building, you're going to poison the dogs. That's my problem. You're applying to a job that you know you're not going to do because it requires you to say you're going to support the Constitution. And you don't. <laughs> what do you think? 
I, I don't have any comment on any of that. Okay. So. Good. Well, that's all right. We can talk about other things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of other stuff going on. You know, you cover, you cover a lot of uh, sports mm-hmm. programming. Yep. I don't know how. We cover a lot of programming. We're going to talk about we, that. We, when yeah. we take my break. You're listening to Kane and Company? Goodbye. All right, you and me on the radio till noontime. Jim Jones is here. And uh, we got to talk about a lot of different things. And, and you know, talk to me about the programming uh, on on cable and uh, what's happening. So, hold on, let me turn your mic on. Yeah, let me throw in, in front of the boss. I don't know. No, turn his mic on. It'll yeah, me is it at the right level, Dave? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. you sure? I understand. All right. Yeah. No. No. I mean, coming out of the December, we have holiday concerts, Christmas concerts, winter concerts. That's a lot of what happens in the winter time, and uh, we go into January, February. There's a lot of sports, um, because other than inauguration and Martin Luther King Day, there isn't much that happens in a community until like mid February, and then we start. When spring happens, lots of programming happens around the community, whether it's the COA, the library, the you know different things that are happening in the community, and. We're at a mall. Yeah. I know. That's what I don't get. Mm-hmm. You, you guys are cover everything. Right. You know, again, we've made a commitment to this community to, to provide programming for the community, the entire community, not just those who can afford it, but the entire community to be able to watch the content that we produce. Now, it's interesting you say not those who can afford it. <laughs> what, do <you> mean? <coughs> what do you mean by that? Well, we made we made a commitment to the community in two thousand five when we when we brought over when we when we took over from Comcast that we said we're going to provide until the day we stop providing the content we're going to provide this content for free online on the channel for everybody to enjoy. Now this is local local programming Correct. content we're talking about, not not primetime HBO. No, 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 no. Just, <laughs> no, no, no. Just the local content. Um, again. But that's important. It's not just the local content. I mean, that's important. That mm-hmm. content. Right. And you know, if 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 all if your major production is sports, you should care about aunts and uncles to be able to watch this content that who don't who don't who, subscribe who don't yeah. who who can't subscribe yeah. to your channel right you know you might want to nickel and dime and and you know charge them hey two dollars to watch this <sighs> game but it's like really it's it's a community yeah. let let aunt may and, yeah. and uncle joe be enjoy able, it sure as well as like we played lemonster the other night uh, at in hockey, how many think how many Lemonster parents you think came down to see that game? <laughs> yeah, not a lot. Not a lot, but because we live stream it, those parents are able to enjoy watching right. their their children live. You're losing two dollars a house on that one. No, oh yeah, yeah. No, oh my god. Yeah, it's it's really gonna break the bank here. You know, right? We we lost the the two dollar subscription. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it, it's typical of the way you think, mm-hmm. right? If you think of the community or you have some delusion that you're some great broadcast mogul, you're the, you're the, right? Right. You're right. the Ted Turner of mm-hmm. wherever. And everybody else is wrong. 
and I'm the only one who's right. But, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, again, back in 2005, we just said, we're going to share it all. It's the community. We exist because of the community. We don't exist because of cable subscribers. We, we exist because of the community. And, you know, when, when you look back and you say, why do we exist? We exist because the cable companies have their lines in the public right away. Who pays for the public right away? Yeah. Every taxpayer. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hello. Yeah. Hello. No brainer. And, and I've never understood why. Why do you want to hot? Why do you want to? Why do you want to hoard your gold? Share it with everybody. Yeah. There's no reason not to share it. Yeah. Because quite honestly, after forty-eight, you know, seventy-two hours, are people going to go back and watch it? No. Probably not. So, but it's there. It's there. Have, sure. Mm-hmm. Have the opportunity. That's great. And 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 this sports thing. What do you cover? You cover everything. Right? We cover team sports. Yeah. So, um, in the winter time, it's ice hockey and basketball, boys, girls basketball and ice hockey. Um, there's there's other sports. There's track. There's swimming that's going on, but those are individual. Sports okay, yeah, and yeah. gymnastics, even though they're 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 play, they're they're scored as as a group, they're individual. So trying to cover individual gymnastics when there are five events going on at the same exact time, yeah, 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 they, it, yeah. it's tough. It's very tough. Uh, yeah. So, um, so that's what we do. We we primarily cover. Attleboro High School because we have the uh, technology in the in the building and the feeds back to the school back yeah, to here yeah, yeah. that make that possible yeah so. now what kind of a you have a van that has a, a lot of equipment in it set up to right we have two vans already, right? yeah 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 we have one large van that has you know you can have six operators in there uh, replay Graphics, sound, director, um, things like that. And then we have the smaller van that doesn't have replay, can fit two people in there, um, mm-hmm. can do graphics, sound, and, and direct. Hmm. So Wow. And everybody's trained in, the, mm-hmm. in those processes. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, then, and then you have a, some guy does... Play by play or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think his last name is Healy. You know, I think he's from Westboro. He he got clipped by Howie Long. You know. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. In all seriousness, we have the best, the best. You know, I really, I really, you know, what I know about that, I could stick on my right ear, but I've heard several broadcasts and. He knows exactly what he's doing. Right. In that area. Absolutely. Right. And uh, we, we brought in, um, for our Super Bowl coverage, mm-hmm. we brought in a, a, a referee from the MIAA. And he was, he was helping us to, with rules and stats for the games. And the one thing that he said is that every single one of those referees when they leave our event, 
they go back and they watch the games to see what they missed. Yeah, yeah. You know, they use our content, our ah. content. The MIAA referees use our content to to evaluate themselves. <laughs> pretty cool. That's that's pretty cool. And uh, all of them say, you know, Paul is is the best that they they work with. Although three of them, their last name is Helia. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. No, Mike, that, that's, Mike, John, uh, and and uh, Christine. Uh, yes. Helia. Okay. <laughs> it is interesting. It's a nice, my mother would say, feather in your cap. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but nice feather in your cap to have that reputation. That's yeah. How about his color person? Are you, I heard he changed or what happened? Well, it depends. It depends on the sport, you know. Yeah. We have Kevin Callahan who does hockey and girls basketball. We and he does softball with us as well. And then if for ba- for for boys basketball, we have Ryan Dollinger. We have him for football as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. For baseball, we have Ty Waterman. Counselor oh, wow. Ty no Waterman. Wow. He's a big baseball fan. Now, so it depends on the sport. Now, is there a ruling of any kind? Of a, can you be trans uh, color person if you're... <laughs> if you're Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You right, you know. You've got to know the sport. You've got to be able know to the sport, look right, at right, it, yeah, yeah. evaluate it. Know about the players uh, Correct. to some extent, right? I mean, more, less about the players, more about how a... a a play is being put together and be able to see that and be able to describe that to the listener uh-huh. or the viewer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be good doing that for soccer. I'd be really good. Yeah. That's, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most boring. Okay. They kicked the ball. Right. Right. Yeah. It's going to the left. Now it's going to the right. Soccer's. The, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure for the people who are playing it is very exciting and, it, and it's great. I it's it's amazing. I don't. mean, I mean, but I mean, and then uh, I mean, rugby is. I mean, you guys don't do rugby, we don't but do I mean, rugby. no. But I'm saying, there's another sport where they don't even have pads. They don't do mm-hmm. padding. Right. They bang each other around. Unbelievable. Right. And, uh, I, mean, and I don't. I don't. And that's the crazy part. They don't have paddings. They don't have helmets. But I also don't hear about rugby players having CTE, either. Oh, that's right. Why is that? I, because they don't, they don't uh, tackle with their head. Oh, so you don't think it's being tackled? It's using your head to tackle them. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> when you're smashing helmet to helmet constantly, mm. that's that's really the issue. <laughs> and and Healy talks about this all the time. Is that if you want to get rid of CTE in the in the NFL, get rid of the helmets. Play without helmets? Play without helmets. There used to be an old joke about President Ford mm-hmm. that he played on his college football team and then he played too many games without a helmet. Right. And that was the joke that mm-hmm. he was, you know. Right, sure. <clears throat> but oh, I, I, isn't that weird? That just struck me as so odd. Why? Mm-hmm. So they'd, they'd still have the other padding or not? Sure they could. It's just... The tackling is far more violent in football because they have because they have the helmets, the padding, and everything. Themselves, yeah. Correct, but well, they think they are right. But 
you know, a concussion is very easy to get mm-hmm. when you're smashing your head into a, another object, regardless yeah. of the technology in those helmets. Yeah, because, and, and I learned this in, in my accident that I had mm-hmm. in 89, uh, I had what they call the closed head injury mm-hmm. uh, of going back and forth. Whoop, we'll be back. The very young Jim Jones joins me. Yes, yes. We were talking off the air about how old that jingle is. Uh, and and uh, it, I mentioned this morning briefly to, uh, off air, I guess, to uh, Mark Ambrose. I was thinking about ages, right? Mm-hmm. And how people, you'll have a news report and it'll say, you know, a um, guy was beat up or hit and he was seventy-six years old, right? Like that, you know, that, or someone passed, and they was eighty-five, right? That was like a like Tommy Smothers, eighty-six, and oh, he was eighty. Like oh boy, right? And then you have somebody pass, like Nick, and eighteen, oh, eighteen or thirty-five, oh, thirty-five, oh. <laughs> it's like we right. have a degree mm-hmm. of concern we have based on people's ages, right? Which is really funny, and and. When I watch TV, next month I'll be 76. And and I watch TV and I have somebody say, and he was 75 years old. He got, right. you know, somebody bumped him or some senior got, and I'm saying, what? <laughs> What's 75? Like, <laughs> is there something wrong with us? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, well, I wanted to continue was this thing with the head injury thing. I started to tell you was something that I learned. I was in this car accident in 89. A guy hit me doing 105 miles an hour in 95. Mm-hmm. I was out of work. I was messed up. And I had what they call closed head injury. But one of the things I learned is that in your skull are two bones okay. that, that are over your eyes that go inward, point inward, mm-hmm. okay? And like they were devil's horns, you know, but in, inward. So your head goes back, your brain bangs into those bones if there's your head goes back and forth like in a in a sure. crash or in football your head is banging against those bones and it causes a lot of frontal lobe problems as a result of that why are those bones there i don't know i i i put a note into god he hasn't yes. he hasn't answered but i mean i think that's an easy solution <laughs> to the problem right there <laughs> yeah. Snip, snip. Yeah, just go right in there and uh, take them off. That'd yeah. be fine. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but I mean, that's interesting because I, I never, when I heard about it the first time, I went, why are they there? Mm-hmm. So I guess, I don't know what. It's supposed to really, you're not supposed to be banging your head back. Yeah, probably, probably not. But um, but that's interesting that it was the, the taking off the. Because I've always thought that Healy never wore a helmet. Okay. <laughs> now that's you know, <laughs> kind of. Well, he played rugby, so there you yeah, go. No helmet there, <laughs> there but he did. Go. But he did play football because, as we know, he got clipped by Howie Long. Oh, is did we? Is that yes. the big? Uh, is that the big uh, yeah. claim to fame? We we hear it at almost every football game. Oh, I see. Yes. And, and and who the hell is Howie Long? Howie Long. Yeah. Former football player. You know, sports analyst. Oh, that Howie Long. Yeah. Okay. And this was at a he bar. Was on, like, they were some at were they in a bar? Or something? Oh yeah, or something? yeah. Were they in a bar? Or no, something? they were playing. Oh, when, in he, high school. He was playing. Oh, in high yeah. school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's like the guy that says there's a comedian that talks about Frank Sinatra saving his life. He said there were three. It was in Vegas, and he was okay. in, in the back of a hotel, and three guys were beating him up. 
Okay. And Sinatra came out and said, okay, that's enough. <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you want. That's funny. So I'm glad, that's, yeah. I'm glad that we're... Oh, it's funny. He said it's funny. He never thinks I'm funny. I tell him stuff, and he just gives me this look like, um... Mm-hmm. No, no, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. <laughs> no. Very old joke. Yeah. So, are, you, are you watching Inauguration um, this, this week? This one? Yeah. yeah. Um, I can. You I can You can watch oh, it on I YouTube. I can watch it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah It'll be definitely. live. It'll be yeah, live on YouTube. That. Yeah, I'll be the... You know, uh, I'll be the witness. An eyewitness. Yeah. It, uh, it's about an, about an hour yep. in length. Frank Cook will be the master of ceremonies okay. for the event. Frank's a great guy, wonderful yep. guy. I didn't uh, see the invitation to apply for that job. Okay. Yeah, ahead. yeah, probably Sorry. not. Okay. You, I think you have to live in Attleboro to do oh, it. Oh, that, okay. There you That's go. probably the only There you reason. go, yes. Yeah, sure. Yes. And uh, so there'll be a number of musical performances from... Co- you know, school choruses and school yeah. bands, and yeah. uh, they'll be swearing in. Oh, well, Mayor De Simone after too. Yeah, yeah. Mayor De Simone will be giving her inaugural address for the uh, for the event. And uh, wh- one thing that's a little bit different this year is that they're going to have a pinning ceremony after they're sworn in. So that a pinning that's, ceremony. What, what is that? They get a a pin, a, a city seal pin. Oh yeah. That, they're gonna pin on, okay. the, on the candidates. Now they're gonna wear them uh, when they're working, like the Congress does. They have pins to be able to get through security and sure, all that other sure. stuff. So is that what those pins are? Going I to guess be so. For? I, I don't know. Or they they just... all wear them. Yeah. Okay. So That's cool. They're gifted a a pin upon inauguration, okay. yeah. and typically it's just handed out. This oh. year, they want You're to do right. a ceremony. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there'll be light refreshments after the event. And uh, for all to enjoy, there'll be some music outside. We're just, um, for us, we have, right after inauguration ends, we have a city council and a school committee meeting almost uh, immediately afterwards because they have to select their yeah, their chairs yeah. and vice chairs. But they have to get over there to do it, and you, you'll have time to well, or not? No, school committee goes into the Zito room. And we right have there? right there. Oh, and then we have another room set up for city council to come in and do their vote. But that means we have three different setups in the building oh, yeah, yeah. to cover those three different meetings. It's too bad because your city council, you already have cameras set in there, right? Don't you? Right. Yeah. But yeah. most of them want to stay at the sure the stay the party. Right. Yeah. So that's the compromise. They used to. Do inauguration and then hightail it back to City Hall to do the to do the event. But you know, since we took over, we ha- we have the ability to yeah. to do a meeting pretty much now, anywhere. Who was in charge of all? Who who made those decisions? Um, Ed and myself. About, much. No, yeah. I mean to to do the the ceremony that way. In other words, you know, instead of just handing out the pins. Oh, that was Mary Simone. Mary Simone. She's kind of designed yep. all of this. Correct. Right? Yep. She, you know, we had a meeting with her last, I want to say last Tuesday, mm-hmm. where we went over the entire, um, when I say we, department heads, people from the school who would be involved. Um, we went through basically a mock run through and mm-hmm. decided where we're walking through, where where the bands will be, 
where the choruses will be, yeah. which is important for us because sure. we need to know sure. where to put the cameras so that we're not surprised. Right. And, you know, so inauguration will look as good as any of the other events. Well, then that I we definitely do. want to watch it. Yeah. I definitely so. want to see it. So, no, it, it should be fun. And then. I'm interested in hearing the inauguration speech. Me too. I, you know, it, uh, it, for me, it's really, it's her first general election as mayor. You know, she yep. was, yep. she ran unopposed, which is great. Yep. Um, but I, I, I'm looking forward. Well, I don't know if it's great, but I mean, sure. I'd rather see an a, a, a opposition mm-hmm. just, just for the sake of the election. But go ahead. Right. Well, I mean, she did have a pretty tough election just a few months prior to that. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm just talking somebody, about the general To put somebody through that again. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, no, gee. yeah, I know that. Yeah. So, but I'm actually looking forward to hearing her message because, you know, I have a lot of respect for Mayor DeSimone and what she's been able to accomplish in the short amount of time that she's been there. And... uh I'm looking forward to the next two years mm. working with her. I that. found her to be uh, very open, yep, very direct. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I ask her to come on, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she, I don't know how she squeezes in. Right. <laughs> I almost feel oh, I should ask. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. One. One of the. One of the things that I may have mentioned this to you. One of the things that I have a lot of respect for Mayor De Simone about is that she's willing to change her mind. Mm-hmm. If, you can, if you can present to her a reason why we should do something that is contrary to what she may have initially thought, she will think it over and have seen where she's changed her mind, and that's very uncommon. It's very rare. Very rare for a mayor to do that. Yes. Um, oh, for any politician, because yeah. you know, hey, there are there are other forces that that they have to deal with. Yeah. Other than just making that one decision, because that one decision can affect other things. Yeah, I was talking about that this morning on my other tirade about how you know she's in a position where she, you know, has to play it as straight as she can on mm-hmm. this thing, right down the line, and. And do what she can, and, and it's very tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, I was saying uh, about how you do the right thing. You say what you think, but for years as a as a broadcaster, I could defend people and scream about people and jump ugly with mm-hmm. people and everything. And people listened to me for what I was saying for the idea. Uh, but when the station up fire happened and I was screaming about all of that stuff, people said, oh, well, he lost his kid in the fire. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's upset, missing completely right. the thing. you know. And so what happens with, the, with our mayor situation, the other thing I was talking about, and so you get diminished, you get diluted if you have a dog in the fight, so to speak. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's the first time in my career I ever experienced that. That, well, yeah, well, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. right, right, interesting stuff. Five zero eight two 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 thirteen twenty. You like to hop on the line? We'd love to hear from you. 
um, and um, maybe you have a question for Jim. Uh, are we supposed to hear from uh, Jay, uh, Jay, uh, Jay Rogers? He was going to call in. Oh, really? But he hasn't done. Oh, oh. That just might be him. Might be him. I don't know. I mean, my light. I said that, and look, I'm, I'm a psychotic. Good morning. Hello there. Hey, good morning, Dave. Uh, uh, happy hey. New Year. There he is. Happy New Year. This is Jay Rogers, uh, formerly, uh, um, well, what was he? He was, he was in charge of ARA for a while, and, oh, shut up, no. And, <laughs> and, and uh, see, you distracted me. I was going to do this cool break. How are you? Oh. I'm all right. Uh, ready for the uh, new year to begin. How about you? Yeah, I am too. Now, uh, Jim is here, by the way, and so uh, hi, Jim. Uh, hi, Jay. Uh, and uh, hi. I, I wanted to have you on because you're responsible for my being in this seat today. <laughs> it's my responsibility. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, actually, I should say just a responsibility for me to to start in the seat. Uh, <laughs> exactly. My still being here is Jim Jones' problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh, Jim. So what's happening with you? Uh, anything special going on which you know about? <laughs> so we're uh, actually at a uh, family breakfast right now. I'm in the uh, back room. Uh, they have this hot sauce here because we're doing a family breakfast, right? Uh -huh. So uh, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I find eggs to be just kind of like there's no taste of them. So I was looking oh, for the hot like stuff. Yeah. Tabasco yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. So they have this double X hot sauce here. So I'm thinking... All right, I can uh, handle most hot sauces, so uh, I start putting it on. My mouth has been burning now for about <laughs> the last twenty-five minutes. <laughs> you got to be careful, you know. You you make a living with your voice. You got to be careful. Now, I just yeah. wanted to thank you. Uh, what year did you have me come in there? Come in here. Um, let's see, we started uh, uh, doing local programs again in thirteen. I think it was it was that year, or maybe the year after. Yeah, so it's ten years. About yeah, that's yeah. amazing, huh? Yep. I think this is what we, Jim and I would talk about. That. I think this is the longest I've been in one seating, right? Hey. Yeah, at the Congratulations. station. Congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. You should get and, a cake. And I, I will. I, <laughs> but I wanted to thank you for uh, for um, convincing me to come back. As you know, I was reluctant to. Uh, well, thank you. I'm glad uh, you eventually did. Yeah, you yeah. Had a lot of uh, good uh, um, calls uh, and. Uh, you know, to me, when I was uh, out talking to people, I was like, I remember Dave Kane. I miss Dave Kane on the radio. You guys uh, should bring back Dave Kane to the air. So it was uh, really a no-brainer. It was uh, the people of uh, well, the greater Attleboro area. Well, thanks a lot, Jay. I appreciate it. I thank you for checking in. Um, I want to do something well, when we have some more time, okay? When you're not at yeah. a party and I'm not here. All right? <laughs> All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. So, All right. Thanks a lot. Happy bye -bye. New Year, guys. You too. Bye-bye. Hi, you're on the radio. Hello. Yes, hi. So since we have someone there who might have a little clout, I just wanted to uh, express my satisfaction over re recent development, and that's the uh, fact that you now have uh, a couple of disc jockeys a couple of nights in the evening. I, I really think that uh, kind of adds to the station. Oh, that's great. And which disc jockey are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ben Rosa. No, no, yes. no, no. No. <laughs> no, I'm not Ben Rosa. Well, we're glad you like it. What makes you, is it the choice of music that makes you uh, 
Well, what? actually, I, I do like the uh, the format, the excellent 80s, but uh, I just I always think of ARA as a talk station, so it's nice to hear some uh, live voices in the evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is good, sure, of course. And uh, I, I'm finding myself, I have a Cirrus in my car, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a Beatles channel that I listen to, and, and, and it's, I don't know why, but for some reason, the disc jockeys are irritating the crap out of me. I don't know why. I mean, I was a disc jockey for years, mm-hmm. and there's something about, I don't know why, but they, they I, maybe it's because they're not real. real. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, like, they're, and you know, and, uh, and I went there, and I saw him, and boy, he was really some guy. And here's John Allen, and I go, right. When the, do you know what I'm talking about, Caller? I, I actually think I do. Like on the, the Beatles channel, there's a, a whole show about people who call in and they, they tell about Beatles concerts they'd been to in the 60s, which is engaging <laughs> up to a point, yeah, but after yeah. a while, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I was uh, at such and such a place when, uh, uh, I don't know, John Lennon walked by, uh, you know, whatever the hell. I mean, oh my God! Shut up and play the music. <laughs> but I, I feel bad about that because I, in the '60s, by the way, which is where I went really a lot of it, there were personalities. There were, you know, it was you know Big Ange, Big uh, Ange, and, and and Chuck Stevens in the '50s, and 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 all these guys that you listen to them for their, you know, I mean, Wolfman Jack. Right, all of these people. That is true, but it, it also shows, though, the kind of hold that the Beatles still have on on a lot of people. But I just like to conclude by saying that this is the last time that I'm going to call the station this year. Well, thank you very much, sir. Okay. I'm glad we could squeeze you in. All right, they, they, listen. I got news. I got one for you. This is the sure. last time I'm going to hang up on you this year. So there you go. All right. <laughs> Listen, don't mess with me, fella. <laughs> I know exactly how to get rid of you. <laughs> it's not something, though. I mean, yeah. about dis- it's, it's nice to have somebody who's live there. You feel sure. it's the live part, isn't it? Right. It's the live part, and it, it's also it's it's important, especially if things happen in the evening, where if you have a live person in studio, they can be there to relay information if if needed. Um. Yeah. Versus something happens and now we just staff out back has to retool yeah. and yeah. get info on the air. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. and it, as the caller said, it gives another reason uh-huh. for people to listen. Um, I mean, I really like Ben's show uh-huh. now. And uh, as opposed to what he had when he before. was the talk radio. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and he would agree. He would he yeah. would agree. Yeah. Um, you just opened music, up a whole a, new whole new subject for me. Sure, and um, so, and then Lee Lee does a good job, um, music wise. Yeah, and uh, then we got we got some heavy metal show on on oh really on Thursday with uh, uh, with uh, Agent eighty six. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, so. It's good. I found it. Um, one of these I found. It. Remember Carolyn Fox? Do you, do you know her? Oh God, no. I am so old. I can't stand this. And Carolyn Fox worked at HJJ, and she was the morning host. And she and a guy named Rudy Cheeks were on. And 
she was a big time morning show, you know, and they, they did, we're going to throw you down the stairs and do this, you know, all this canned stuff. Were, so, were they supposed to be like together? <laughs> well, he was like the, he was like the sidekick. So okay. anyway, uh, she got a job at PRO. They, they decided that they were going to hire her to be the afternoon talk host. Okay. The afternoon drive talk host. Okay. Right? Sure. Now we're talking about an era, well, it's kind of, you know, the Stearns and the world and mm-hmm. the Imuses, you know. Okay. Early in the morning, there's 14 people in the studio, and they've got writers, and they're mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. Right. right. All this shtick. And then by 2 o'clock, everybody's gone. By 9.05, everybody's out of the building or whatever. Yeah. So then, uh, but so they put her, and they thought, well, she's so good. I mean, oh, my God, right. everybody's listening to her. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So they put her in talk radio. Now, you know, in talk yep, radio, sure. you're not writing, you're ad-libbing. You have some stuff you want to say, and you go, right. but other than that, call comes in, you're on the, that last, I don't know how long it lasted, three weeks, whatever. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but it just made me laugh about how programmers, mm-hmm. managers, suits, they had no idea what it takes to do talk radio. Mm-hmm. How it's entirely different from being a disc jockey. Right. Disc jockey, here's Karen Carpenter, whatever, whatever bum. Sure. You know, here's here's you know. some some facts I found about Sir Karen Carpenter. Let me tell you that. Yeah, yeah. And then away we go. Exactly. And then right. for the next three minutes, I don't have to talk. Exactly. And oh, and you always you always wanted to get a get an, a long record because you had time to go pee. That mm-hmm. was the best part. But so they put her on. But this is what people, I think Ben learned this story for himself. Right. He decided he didn't want to be right. a talk. Talk is, is difficult. If, you, if you're not extroverted and you're not the type of person who loves to talk about yourself and everything that's going on in your life and your thoughts, etc., talk radio is not for you. No. No, you can't, you can't pull it off. It, it's, it's one of those things where... You know, you know what the the saying is: "You fake it till you make it." Yeah, you can't fake it in talk no. radio. It's you can't. It's funny because there's two jobs I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been t- <laughs> this <is> tough. <coughs> I love it. Excuse me. Hang on, guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, stand-up comedy. People look at it and think, "I could do that." Not in a million years. And then they get up. Right. They get a surprise. Uh, talk radio. I, I could do that. And then they come in. And a lot of times the trouble is they don't know they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. That's the sad part. Right. When they're not quite tuned in mm-hmm. to how it's not working. Right. Yeah. But it, it, but this disc jockey thing was a lot easier. Mm-hmm. You know, you had stuff. You, it was very formatted. And you had to do this, that, that, and then this, and then that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then covering. But... But we got a chance to say so I used to get stuff to say anything I wanted. It's what got me fired most mm-hmm. of the time. Sure. <laughs> I could sure. say what I wanted. And uh, you know what happened to me one time? I don't know if I ever tell you this. We I was working at WJAR Radio before it was WHAJ. Okay. Sure. <clears throat> and we had a thing called the Steamship Authority. Yep. It was a report. It was the Bay Report, mm-hmm. right? Brought to you by the Steamship Authority. It travels from uh, Martha's Vineyard to... Uh, um, Woods Hole. 
And I could say it with my eyes closed. Sure. You know, I we did it every time we did the Bay Report, um, once an hour, twice an hour. And one day I heard myself saying, Woods Vineyard. <laughs> so I knew I must have said, from Martha's to Woods Vineyard. Mm -hmm. And I panicked because I thought, Nobody's going to believe that I didn't do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nobody's going to believe. It's Kane. Sure, right? sure. And I'm waiting for the hotline to light up. The hotline is a, a sure. telephone line to um, on-air people have from the boss who says, rah, 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 right. rah. but I we, mean, we, uh, we have the window here. Yeah, you have the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that one finger. Yes. <laughs> but it's really interesting to see how, you know, how that went. And nobody caught it. <laughs> Nobody could, mm. but I never would have been able to convince anybody. Sure. But these things that you have to say and don't realize, you know. <clears throat> oh well. Yeah. Just thought that wasn't great, but no, no, it's fine. I'll give you what I uh, Jim and I are taking <laughs> are taking turns coughing. Mm -hmm. um, we should have worked a signal. You could have waved. I could have. Sure. Sure. Um, now, what's coming up? Oh, the the inauguration, inauguration is the big thing on Tuesday. It's the big thing on right? Tuesday. Now, how long is it going to take you to set up for that? The entire day. What? Yeah, because you got to test. You're you're constantly testing, making sure that the sound is proper. Yeah. Making sure that the the feeds back to the studio are now. Who's proper. in charge of the sound in the hall? So they have a system, right? They have a system. They have. Uh, I believe it's going to be one of the band. Or choral directors that will be running there, the sound. You. All right. Are they going to give you a feed from this system? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you don't have to worry about lobs or anything. No. Like that. We we always have a backup though. I'm sure you do. We always have a backup. Yeah. And uh, so, um, and that's what you're testing. You're just testing. Yeah. Throughout the day, is it still working? Do I still have the feed? Yeah. Coming to the internet, going to the studio. Mm -hmm. um, all around. And remember, we have the two other spaces that we have to set up as well. Yeah, so right. we're setting that up. Each space takes about an hour to set. Amazing. The auditorium is probably going to take about three to fully set because you're dealing with multiple cameras, sound, lighting. You're dealing with it all. So, Wow, what a, it's amazing. I mean, you know, and you don't have to have that... You won't get this, but you know that. Well, maybe you will. You don't have to have that that graphic up, the black and white graphic with the Indians. No, on it. no, 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 no. Not gonna use that. No, no. <laughs> uh, how no. come you know that? You don't know the I, other stuff. I was born you in seventy-seven. No, know, but you so. know about that. The, the old black and white Indian. And I remember thing. seeing it. Yeah. So, but uh, you couldn't have seen it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not on air. Yes. Really? Yeah. I thought they dropped that. No, they, growing up in the 80s, there were still stations that went off the air oh, at night. Oh, and they put out that And up. they would put that up. Wow. Well, yeah, I remember they, we used to You play know, they the, do the sign off, they do the yeah, uh, national yeah. anthem, and then right. it goes, you know, yeah, the, yeah. 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 the yeah, thousand cycle tone you get right. to listen to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boy, Uncle Jim, you did good today. Did I, I? I? Thank you so much. Okay. And I'm sorry we were both ill, but uh, you made it. Early. I got like laryngitis. I don't know what it is, but. 
I don't understand we'll see. it. Well, that's all right. We'll take what we get. Thanks so much. We'll do sure. it again. I sure. promise. Okay? All righty. Stay tuned. Uh, Mike Borg is here from uh, North Attleboro, and uh, he'll be telling us what's happening. Lots of stuff happening up there, and so I want you to know what's going on, and uh, he'll fill you in, I hope. In the meantime, here's Uncle Bob. Uh, Bob. Oh, yeah, here's Uncle Bob. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Final hour, Candy Company. You'll be together until noontime today. I say good morning, good morning to all police and fire personnel, civil servants, health care employees, and good old number 41. My special guest this morning is uh, Mike Borg, who is a chief uh, cook and bottle washer for North Attleboro. Good morning, Mr. Borg. How good morning, you? sir. Good to see you. Uh, no, it's been a while since we got you in the studio. Yeah, I think late summer, right? Yeah, Early fall. yeah, yeah. And um, I wanted to get you in because I, I saw, among other things, I saw the Fisher College thing going on over yep. there. And So tell me what's happening uh, as an administrator for, for the town of North Attleboro. Tell me what you want everybody to know about. Uh, lots of great things happening in North uh, Attleboro. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's always a great day to be uh, in North Attleboro, even when it's raining. That's right here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we could talk about Fisher College real quick and yeah, what yeah. we've done. So, uh, Fisher College uh, was a building. It's been in North Attleboro uh, for a number of years. It's been a bank. It's been bought and sold a couple times. Um, it came up for sale right as we were looking uh, to refurbish a, an old school, the Allen Avenue School. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the school system, they had turned it back over to the town. We had that building. Uh, and we were looking at taking that and refurbishing it and using it as a senior center. It was all one floor. Uh, it was basically one of those 10-year uh, or 10-room classroom uh, schools. And we got the bill. When we first started it, prior to COVID, the bill came to about $5 million to refurbish. Then COVID hit. Uh, <laughs> and then surprise. The, and everything else went, you know, north from there after that. And uh, as we kept, uh, you know, looking at it, uh, the American Rescue Plan Act, uh, the funding for that, when that became available, um, we got a portion from Bristol County around $5.2 million. So we looked at it. We said, all right, look, I think we have enough money to look at the Allen Avenue School again. Let's see if we can go back and uh, create this world-class senior center uh, for our seniors and, you know, use this facility to help us out with other things. I know we had Lenore's Pantry. We had this concept that we were kicking around to create a one-stop for health and human services in North Attleboro. Uh, Lenore's Pantry, as a result of COVID, really picked up in demand. Uh, We saw triple the numbers of people requesting and needing help and assistance uh, from before. So we went back, pulled out the drawings, went back to uh, the architects and everybody, and and the bill came back at around $8 million after COVID. Good Lord. So we were trying to figure out how could we do that? How could we leverage uh, the existing ARPA funds, uh, you know, at that $5 million and make that work? And at the same time, uh, Counselor Dan Donovan uh, came in and said, hey, uh, I just drove by the old Fisher College building uh, across from Mason Field and said, the uh, for sale signs up there. Why don't you take a look at that? Is that something we could do? And I said, that's a great idea. Let's go see it. Um, so we literally... Grabbed a, you know, Tony Morbido, the assistant town manager, uh, myself, 
grabbed a real estate agent, got a hold of their agent, took a tour of the building and said, this is amazing. We get a building, right, if we're able to do this, uh, that has double the, the square footage of Allen Avenue School, has a loading dock already built into it, um, and it has a tenant, scribble time, daycare. Um, so we began negotiations and talks, and it seemed like it took forever, uh, but it was a lot of back and forth. Um, they were in the process of putting a new roof onto the uh, the building itself, so uh, we knew that that would make it more attractive us and if they were already doing the roof and we wouldn't have to do it, that saved the town probably a good close to a million dollars um, in you know labor and services to do that. Plus, we get the warranty uh, with that building. So we went back and forth a number of times. We made a number of offers. I, I met with the town council on a number of occasions, uh, sometimes in executive session, to say, hey, here's where we're at. Here's what we're doing. Here's the back and forth. Um, it finally paid off. It took almost uh, nine months, almost 10 months to finish up and wrap up the deal, uh, get the roof installed onto it. Um, and the town um, just two weeks ago signed for and took possession of 451 Elm Street at the Fisher College. What, what, was, the, what was the final fee? How much? Uh, we agreed at a price at around uh, $2.2 million, mm-hmm. right, for the building, right? Um, and uh, it wasn't without, you know, it's warts and pimples. It still needed sure. work. But when you yeah. compared it to the Allen Avenue building, which was a complete uh, <clears throat> gut job and, you know, strip it down and basically rebuild it, it was going to uh, exceed all the money that we had. We, could, we couldn't have done it. So we got a move-in ready building. Uh, it has one issue um, that as a result of our due diligence, it uh, has a vapor hazard that the DEP um, the Devar- Department of Environmental Protection here in Massachusetts and the EPA were concerned about, uh, and we're going to install a sub-slab ventilation system mm-hmm. that will mitigate that, much like radon that you might yep, have, yep. right? Yep. Uh, same thing, same principle. So we're getting that done. We're working on that right now. Uh, <laughs> and when you look at it, it has a tenant, and we were very excited to you know, have a tenant, and they pay uh, a rent yep. um, to the uh, to the owners of the building, so that'll come to the town, and we'll use that funding to help sustain and maintain the building, right? So the, the argument that I made to the town council was, and, and I think it found a lot of traction and merit, was not only do we get a building, uh, but we've got a building that will be able to meet our needs, right? We'll be able to um, put our senior center in there, as well as uh, Lenore's Pantry, uh, and put our health and human services so staff. Pantry is going to be in there. We're going yeah, to move yeah. Lenore's Pantry over there. We're going to take that out of town hall, right, um, and then move it over to that. But we're also going to partner with the Hockamock Y. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're going to partner with the Hockamock Y and establish a uh, regional food distribution uh, site out of the building, right? That was part of the justification that we were able to use to get the money from the federal government. Uh, to make this happen. So the ARPA money comes in, but it has these little, you know, odds and ends uh, requirements. You know, you have to spend all the money in nickels in order to do it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of those yeah. things, right? Um, but it, it, you know, regional, you know, food assistance, food security was one of the things. So we're able to do that and exercise that. We got the support of Bristol County um, commissioners uh, on board with that. So it all happened. We've taken possession of it, right? Uh, we're in talks with Scribble Time now to 
get them a new lease, right? Their lease had expired with um, the previous owner, so oh, we're yeah. working that. So we're getting that done. And we didn't want to upset the apple cart and have, you know, one of our major um, child care providers in town all of a sudden get upended. And no. Not, yeah, so no. that would have created probably a, a huge yeah. outrage. But uh, So it was important, right? And then so we've got a very good relationship with them, and we enjoy working with them. Um, and they provide it. So we're actually in talks on uh, how to construct this contract with them for the, the lease work, but we could also potentially help, you know, town employees with daycare. And we have a, our biggest uh, population that has young kids that would maybe be eligible for childcare. There would be our school teachers, right? Wouldn't that be a, a cool employer that can come in and say, you know, here's part of it. And here's a program that we have set up if you need childcare, you know, you know, if there's space available. So yep, we're yep. still working the details on that uh, and trying to get it out. But it just, I think, you know, as a municipal employer, it makes uh, North Alabama a really good choice. But we're excited. We're going to uh, start working that under uh, under slab, you know, ventilation system, and then we're going to do some code compliance stuff. We got to put a sprinkler system in because we're modifying the building. We got to bring it up to code. Um, that applies to us just the same as everybody else. So we'll spend the balance of that five million dollars uh, bringing it up to speed and putting in the sprinkler system, making it ADA accessible, and then get our seniors up and operating in there. The food pantry and probably just you know a one stop for all of our you know health and human services, even potentially veterans, we're looking at moving them over in there and just making that space accessible to them. But I do like the partnership of Scribble Time and our senior center. I think there's a lot of collaboration that could exist between our seniors and the, oh, uh, yeah. those young kids. So uh, we're really excited about that. And it's right across the street from Mason Field uh, in our you know, right. huge, huge parks. Yeah, I, I, I know the building well, you know, and, and uh, um, inside baseball here, you know, you guys really helped us to find a, a home for Christmases for kids. Yeah. At the last possible second, we were suddenly on the street. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, I, you know, one of our meetings. I'll just tell the story because it's, it's nobody hears it because it's in a board meeting. And, uh, one of our board members said we were looking for someone, and he said, "Well, maybe Emerald Square. They have a lot of empty score stores. Maybe, but you know." And I thought, yeah, that's going to happen. <clears throat> yeah, they're going to show it. Come yeah. on. And, uh, and, uh, now what happened was I called Tony Morabito and I said, listen, we're just looking for this possibility, Papa. And I swear this is true in 20 minutes, less than 20 minutes. Tony called me back and said, yeah, you're all set. They're going to give you a place. Yeah. Not a dime. They told us we could have it until January after Christmas, and uh, and now we've made a deal to be able to stay and and pay some rent and and get. But while all of your stuff was going on, I could really relate to what you were doing because of our troubles with our building that we had yeah. planned to have, and that that has gone off the charts. Yeah, facilities well. are absolutely demanding, and they will <laughs> cost you, you know. A significant amount of money and time. Um, so when you get them, you got to take care of them and maintain them, and that's well, an well, important it was, part. It was of great it. that you guys even returned my call and then did it so fast, Tony. Did it great, and you. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we got more. You're listening to Kane and Company, okay? All right, you and me on the radio till noontime. Mike Borg is here from North Attleboro, busy guy. Ah, oh, my heavens! 
And in addition to what you just told us about Fisher, you're involved in uh, tr trying to deal with the Emerald Square situation. Yeah. Uh, what's going on? First of all, I, I mentioned that you guys d got us a, a home for Christmas for kids, and it really was a lifesaver for us. I wanted to make sure you you knew yeah. how much we appreciate it. That's awesome. Um, Emerald Square Mall, huge topic always, uh, perennial topic in uh, North Attleboro. Always, uh, you know, looking at how effective that is as an entity, a business, an operation, a tenant, you know, a resident in town. Um, it's going to play an important role. Um, they are the largest single property taxpayer that we have uh, in North Attleboro. Right now, about a million dollars a year that they uh, bring back close to it, right? And it's gone up and down. Um, but uh, we're always interested in how uh, and what uh, Emerald Square Mall is in North Attleboro. So they've, they're right now operating, a, you know, my, my estimate about 60, 65% occupancy, right? So you could probably take the entire third floor and vacate it, right? And it'd be a, that's where we are. Don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's why they have room yeah, for you yeah. guys over there. So, uh, but other than that, I mean, the mall assignment properties, um, you know, went into receivership on that particular property, and uh, we had a receiver in charge of that. It was court appointed, and then it ended up selling, sold for uh, $29 million, right? Um, which was really pennies on the dollar. Uh, yeah, I'll the, bet. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, we went, uh, uh, you know, the appellate tax board in Massachusetts with the, the owners, and we came to an agreement and valued it about $60 million, which is significantly lower than what it was originally built at. And if you look at the mall history and its tax value to the town, right, it's been on this downward uh, spiral uh, from day one. And they'll from always... From day one? From day wow. one. Yeah, you know, it's that, you know, you build a mall and you drive it off the lot, it loses value. I understand. <laughs> right? yep, yep, yep. So same concept, you know, it's like a used car or any kind yeah. of car, but... Um, but it's something that's, you know, a part of the fabric of North Attleboro. It's there. It takes up, it's got a, a, a tremendously popular location, right? It's on a, a part of town that hasn't been developed as much as it, it could have been, and that's something that we're looking at now. So we're talking to the current owners, Cohen Properties, um, and, and they've approached us, and we've had a number of meetings to talk about what can, you know, the mall be when it grows up, right? You, yeah. know, <laughs> you know, how do we do this? I because, love your analogies. Very good. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it really is. I mean, because it's the 1980s mall, that, you know, same kind of mall that I hung out when I was a kid and sure. we'd be running around, right? Um, I produced the first Santa arrival for Emerald Square. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah I, have, I have a, a vast mall experience yeah. so i know what you're talking about so but it you know with the advent of online shopping and amazon and all of these different retailers selling and doing stuff online what's the brick and mortar option what is that um something that we've been you know working very closely with the town council on with our economic development uh, team right with our planning department and trying to figure out how we can take this and salvage it, it you know it it could go the way like the um, other malls and just get torn down and made into warehouse space. I didn't think that would be a great option. The, the, no. the location is just too good. I mean, it sits right there, no. major crossroads, oh, right? Perfect, um, perfect. It, you know, so we actually talked to uh, Tesla. 
and had a, a number of good conversations because one of the uh, the strengths and the weaknesses of the location is it has probably one of the best power electrical supplies uh, in um, the whole South Coast area. Uninterrupted, rarely goes out. Um, and it, what it does is provide the ability to bring in this super fast uh, electric charging. So Tesla is interested in potentially doing something that we've had uh, we've actually walked the ground with a Tesla team over there and looked at what we could do. And they would put in anywhere from like 12 to 18 super fast chargers, but they wanted something else. You know, that, you yeah, know there's, yeah, well. Yeah, quid pro quo, baby. And the way that the, the, the original, you know, property division and where all the property lines were drawn because the mall, Emerald Square Mall, when you say it, it really has um, three different owners. Right. Uh-huh. You have the mall central, the, the box square, uh-huh. right, the yep. middle part yep. of the mall. Yep. You've got um, uh, Macy's that owns yeah, its own star, yeah. right? And then Sears you have and the Sears that yeah. owns theirs, right? And then they divide the parking lot up into this <laughs> funky, you know, really crazy origami of a lot to make sure everybody gets the same kind of fun. So, you know, you could be parked in front of the Sears, but Penny's or Macy's may actually own that part oh, of the parking okay. lot. Yeah, right? I understand. So we're taking a look at that, but they, Tesla wanted, you know, well, hey, if it's going to take 20 minutes to rapid charge, full charge your vehicle, we'd like a Starbucks or something like that yeah, yeah. in the parking lot. So I said, hey, look, if it were up to me, I'd start building it today, right, and get you on your way. Um, so mall ownership is taking a look at that, right? But it also kind of piggybacked with the concept that we had and that we tossed around um, because we see one, one of the, the pressing issues in the Commonwealth and in North Attleboro is, um, you know, affordable housing. How do you get, uh, you know, look, I've got a 22-year-old daughter at home, and she just got hired and has a full-time job. She makes $65,000 a year. And She'll appreciate, appreciate you telling everybody that. Go ahead. I know. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> I think, you know, she did good. You know, right out of college, right? Graduated <laughs> from Wheaton and, and jumped right into the, you know, and... <laughs> Lo and behold, the only place that <coughs> she can afford to live yep, is, is in my house, Isn't right? Yep. So, yeah, but I'm, you're giving her a good rent, right? Well, she found a roommate and moved out. So, oh. <laughs> so that was uh, so, so something that they did. But by herself, she couldn't really afford it. And so affordable housing, we went back to the mall and said, look, we'd like to see and incorporate mall, uh, a housing into the mall layout, right? Not into the mall proper, but you've got this huge parking space that's just this, you know, large paved area that could be converted and used for something else, right? Uh, so we looked at housing, and we had a couple of developers came in and gave us some conceptual ideas and said that they were interested in developing housing uh, in the mall. So it would add to our housing stock uh, in North Attleboro. So that really kind of took off, and we took that, and with Emerald Square Mall, we said, look, you can have houses, but if you don't have good quality stores or draws to bring people in, you're still going to have the same problem. So we subscribe to a you know a live work play. You got to have uh, the ability to have someplace affordable where you can live, right? Um, easy access to transportation, get to wherever your job is. Maybe that changes the tenants of the mall, and they become 
you know, more manufacturing or office space or medical space, right? You could take the whole third floor of the, the mall and convert that into medical and dental. There's already a dentist yep. in the mall already. Yep. So, you know, yep. maybe add chiropractor or a couple other things, office space, you get a lot of that. Um, so there's, uh, we saw the great potential, but you also needed some kind of entertainment, right? Some kind of venue, right? So we had been kicking around all kinds of ideas, everything from how we could build a, you know, uh, a minor league hockey rink in the south parking lot, right? And we'd kick that one for around. But, but you know, that, that's something I don't know that the town or I would even be willing to support in the long run. Well, I, I had heard I had heard uh, a rumor about a market in, uh, if, as you're looking at it from Route 1 to the left, maybe stage right, you know? Yes. But, I mean, are they talking about putting a market in that huge... Uh, where the then, RVs are, right? Um, where they, well, no, yeah, but but no, over, yeah, I guess the way they were, they were for a while, yeah, yeah, yeah over there, but yeah, but <coughs> One the Macy's the, end, right? Yeah, so if yeah. you look at where, like, um, so we have a couple of grocery stores in town, right? Yeah, yeah. There's not really one in North Attleboro on that mm-hmm. side of town, right? So we were saying, hey, look, you know, let's ask around and see if we could get some interest from um, Market Basket, Aldi's. Wegmans, right? Yeah, we we yeah. we even put in a phone call to Wegmans and say, "Hey, would you like to come and look at this potential space uh, for a grocery store?" Um, so, look, it, it, what it really came down to is we saw Emerald Square Mall. Um, as long as the owners were willing uh, to to try and make it something valuable and not something that they were just writing off the you know their sure. large tax bills. Um, they had a partner or somebody that wanted to sit at the table with them in the town, right, that we were always willing to discuss and talk. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of great ideas, and none of them have stuck yet. Oh, right? okay, yeah. So, yeah. None, I mean, it, it, it's still a work in progress, right? The electricity is good. We've got to work on the sewer, the aspect of the sewer, right? Um, the, the mall and I, we are in discussions about there's a particular pump that we're looking at and how we would take control of that, right? Mm-hmm at no cost to the taxpayers and make sure it has the capacities to allow further development in that area. So um, I, I wish it was just as simple as, you know, hey, well, that's a great idea. Let's build it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but it, it, never, never it never is. No, because no. you find out, yeah. No. It's like trying to even your sideburns, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to look on the mirror on one side and then yeah, look yeah, on the, yeah, on the yeah, other yeah. side. So, you know, but at the same time, though, uh, we found, you know, uh, good partners in the town council and uh, the planning board, and I had a number of discussions with the planning board chair over this particular aspect and how do we do this, how do we make this. One of the things that the town is tackling right now and making it conducive to development um, is mixed-use zoning. We, mm-hmm. we think that that's going to help. Um, right and now, that the, is well. Right now, if you wanted to do something at the mall, build something, you were, you're limited by the zoning yeah, that's applied. Yeah, it would yeah, be yeah. retail yeah. Uh, construction only, right? So you, condos would be out based on right. Currently, yeah. with it, is you could not build yeah. any housing units there, right? But mixed use allows you to put in a combination of both, you know, commercial, industrial, yeah. um, and well, a housing. Lot of those, a lot of those um, um, shopping areas in some of these towns. They have shops downstairs and condos or upstairs. apartments upstairs, right? Yeah. So that's a mixed use, isn't that's it? That's mixed use. And that's kind of what we're trying to, to, to find, right? Um, and I think it's, a, it, it's, it's the way of the future for the town. You're, you're going to be able to uh, look at different areas and rezone that and put this mixed-use zoning 
overlay and say, all right, if you redevelop here, you can put businesses in as well as housing, right? Um, so it, it's so none of this that we've been hearing about people. Oh, everybody talks. Well, <coughs> gotta do this. They gotta do that. It, it it's not nothing settled in yet. There's no, look right. The, I, if there's one message I'd leave you right now, Emerald Square Mall is a, a blank canvas. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. And and we're still trying to figure out what it can be and what the best thing for the town. Uh, and the taxpayers is going to be because look, there's yeah. there's a number of things of what, you know that's driving us in this direction, right? Um, we just saw with uh, the recent tax classification hearing that we had with the town council when the council set the the tax rate for the town, right? In North Attleboro, um, I do believe, right, has the lowest taxes um, for residential, commercial industrial and personal property uh, in the entire region. I mean, we are probably one of the most affordable when it comes to taxes. So if you're looking to open up a business, right, you got a, you got choices, right? I would say come, if you're, if taxes is one of the things that interests you, come and look at North Attleboro. We've got a, a, you know, a great opportunity there for everybody. But when they did this, right, we saw that residential properties increased uh, $70,000 on average in the community, while commercial and industrial property, 1% and 4% respectively. So it wasn't the same. And we see a limited amount of uh, homes on the market. Now, look, I will tell you this is probably absolutely driven by uh, the Fed and their setting of the interest rates and raising that and making it harder to borrow. So we see a smaller market. Nobody wants to sell their house because if they sell their house, they know they're going to have to go back right. into a market right. with a higher interest rate. Sure. So they're waiting. You, you need you know all of this to come there. So the people that are buying, they're probably buying with cash, right? And they're coming in. And with a, such a small number of units that are on the market, they're getting asking or higher. We're, mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of sales go higher than uh, the asking price. But what that does is that drives up the mean value of your property in town. And then that's what we base the taxes off of. So when people say, hey, well, you valued my home $70,000 more than last year, I said, that is correct. And we use the data based on the sales um, to show that there's an increase and that's where it's going to land. And so that's what it's, so we're trying to bring value across the board, but also more businesses to provide relief to our residential taxpayers as well. And so all of this is, is what your job is. How do you uh, how do you do it? Uh, one day at a time. I put my pants on the same way everybody no, no, else I does. You know? No, no, I but you know, it, it's it's a great staff though too. And then working with um, you know council members that uh, have a good understanding of you know where they'd like to see the town. And uh, we've got a good strategic plan that's in place right now that we use as a guideline to help us chart the path that we're going on. Um, in working with them to uh, make great things happen. Well, in there's North so much to do. There's so much to... Yes. I mean, there's got to be a place when you say to yourself, <laughs> now what? It's like, I mean, <laughs> just, just Emerald Square alone is trying to get this done. Oh, yeah, no, but, and then we have um, Tri-County uh, Vocational High School. Right. Talk to me about that. Yeah, uh, Tri County. It just went through a uh, 
and MSBA, the Massachusetts School Building Authority, uh, process to get approval to uh, build a new high school up in Franklin. Uh, North Attleboro has the largest uh, student population of the uh, 11 uh, communities that attend that school. We have a record, uh, <coughs> between 235 to 240 students that attend um, Tri-County. And they just passed a, uh, uh, a referendum that will give them the authority to borrow almost $300 million uh, to build a new high school. Um, so North Attleboro has roughly 25 to 30 percent, depending on the numbers of the population. There. So we'll get 25 to 30 percent of the bill uh, over the next 30 years. So uh, dollar-wise, what does that look to, uh, you know, at North Attleboro? About $3 million a year. Uh, increase right now we pay for the 235 students about 3.6 million dollars in tuition <coughs> what we're going to see uh, based on this construction project as it starts to ramp up at this point and then get into full build um, so we'll see probably close to doubling of our bill uh, at tri-county so can our budget afford it right now i think it absolutely can right? uh, we have the ability to absorb that we got to take a good look this year at what we're going to uh, put forward as projects and, you know, personnel and manning in the, of all of our departments, but we're not looking at laying off anybody, but um, I don't think we're expanding either. So um, we're looking at how do we, you know, pay this bill. And then now North Attleboro High School, uh, it's been approved for an MSBA school building uh, project. We're in the process of doing that. Um, that will probably go before the voters in the next probably 12 to 18 months um, for a referendum to be able to afford and, and vote that. So we're looking at that. So when you hear me talk about economic development, um, how do we pay for all of this, right? How do we be able, you know, how do we afford, you know, to maintain the same services that we have right now and pay for Tri-County and then a new high school in town as well? Well, we've got to expand some of our um, housing opportunities. We've got to look at affordable housing, and we've got to bring in more businesses to North Attleboro. So we've got to create an environment that uh, supports that and does that. We've got to take some of that burden off of the residential taxpayer right, by creating new opportunities with uh, businesses and commercial properties in town. Now, you're a retired military. Yep. What did you do in the military that qualified you to take this gig? What was your what was your MOS? I, I was a uh, field artillery officer. Okay. So, oh well, it, perfect, <laughs> perfect fit. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I can't say that I always did um, field artillery stuff, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, because look, it, when it, the truth came down, you were responsible for everything and anything that you were assigned to do, and part of that was taking care of people, right? Uh, leading them. Uh, and managing them, managing resources, right? I was responsible for their housing, their shelter, their food, right? Uh, and a couple of jobs that I had in Afghanistan and Iraq were also around base support operations where I, I did everything from <coughs> dig wells uh, in far outposts in Afghanistan to help build schools, right? To build facilities, build roads, sewer infrastructure, um, all kinds. Of, and I, you know, didn't matter what your job by technical, um, you know, yeah, title was, yeah, right. right, you know, you got put in charge of, hey, you've got somebody who's got to take care of this, and you're it. So, you know, you pick it up and do the best you can. Well, you're very, you know, you're, you're very enthusiastic. 
about everything you do. You really uh, insert yourself big yeah. time. Right? Well, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. So, you know, that's kind of something that we I've always kind of embraced and said, let's let's make sure if, if it's worth doing, we're going to do it right and we're going to do it to the best of realities. And we're not going to let anybody say it wasn't because we didn't try or yeah. we didn't support yeah. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, when when a decision gets made, the time for talk is over. It's time to get it done. And mm -hmm. what I ask uh, all of our department heads is when we make a decision, let's do it. Let, you know, and let's not let anybody come back to us and say, well, you guys didn't do that, you know, because you weren't really into it or you didn't really try. Yeah. Nope. That, that shouldn't ever be the case. Right. Mm -hmm. Do we got a lot of stuff to fix in town? You bet. Right. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we're, we're really picking up on now um, and we're looking at a regional approach is the 10 mile river. Um, the, all the rains in the past, uh, since September 11th of this year, right, have really brought about a lot of emphasis. And we'd had 10 Mile River and gotten a lot of support from our congressman, uh, Congressman Auchincloss, uh, to go back and look at um, how do we update this river. We've got a lot of sediment and we'd like to dredge it. So he's been helping us uh, secure funding and do that. But what we realized in the process was the 10 Mile River can't be a North Attleboro alone event. Uh, the water flows downstream into Attleboro, uh, and it starts in Plainville, right? So if Plainville isn't a part of the solution, right, we end up with the sediment from them or, you know, whatever um, debris that comes down from the, the, their portion. And if North Attleboro just mm -hmm. lets it flow right through, it ends up all in Attleboro and then ultimately into Rhode Island. And Have you had much uh, interaction with, uh, with our mayor? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we've met on a, a number of occasions. We've had a communication. Matter of fact, I just drafted a... Uh, a five-year kind of strategic outlook of how the three uh, municipalities can come together and work on uh, and address the 10-mile river, right? So they have that both in Plainville and in Attleboro. Uh, we've brought together our public works, our uh, firefighters, um, everybody in our planning organizations together. There's actually a memorandum that kind of guides uh, the two dams that we have in uh, North Attleboro uh, in compliance with DEP regulations on when we can open up the, the floodgates and let water out and, and downstream. Uh, so, and, and the mayor is rightfully, you know, you know, concerned about, is that up to date? Is that accurate? Does that reflect the current situation? Does it need to be modified? And she's the one that reached out to me and said, hey, let's get together on this and take a look at um, how we can do this. Uh, and does it need to be updated? So, and I said, yeah, this is great uh, because I think we have a better opportunity to engage both at the state level and the federal level as a region other than just three individual communities, right? As a block, we can come together and make a case that maybe this is worthwhile for the Corps of Engineers uh, to come out and take a look at and help us out with. Maybe this is uh, worthwhile funding at the state point where our state representatives and senators can get involved and line up funding to help address this issue, right, and rebuild certain portions of this. I mean, this was a, um, a river that, uh, because of Depression-era uh, work, uh, you know, help programs that came out, yeah. uh, was able to straighten it out, and they reclaimed a lot of uh, wetlands and swamps uh, from it. Well, 
if we don't take care of it, it's going to return back to the way it was, right? So we have an obligation and an ability to, you know, do this. And I think the best way to tackle that is through a regional approach um, and making sure that, you know, what happens Plainville, North Attleboro doesn't just end up in Attleboro and that we're all working together instead of at, you know, opposite ends. We'll take a break. We're listening to uh, Mike Borg from North Attleboro. Chief Hunter, he's doing a good job on the state. All right, are you and me on the radio till noontime? Mike Borg is here from North Attleboro. And we are talking about all kinds of things, I mean, including Ten Mile River and, yeah, boy, you just... Can you turn the faucet off? No. no oh, good. I wish I no. could. You know, I, it it absolutely um, tugs at my heart, and you know, sometimes you feel like, gosh, I wish we could do more. Um, we get residents that call in and they talk about, you know, they've been flooded in their houses now. The basement's full of water, and the, and the way flood insurance works is, you know, if it comes through the front door, you're paying. If it yeah. comes through the roof, your insurance will pay, yeah, right? Yeah. Unless you have uh, flood insurance, and we've yeah. had places that haven't flooded before. Um, but I would, look, I, I, I will say that um, our state representatives, uh, both uh, Representative Scanlon and Senator Feeney, um, they're working to bring uh, flood relief after the September 11th when we had the governor come down and take a look at uh, the flooding that happened here. They didn't let it die. We worked and immediately uh, reached out to um, the Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency, we reached out to FEMA um, and said, what do we need to do? We want to qualify and apply for a federal disaster. The town declared a on September 11th a uh, disaster. The Commonwealth followed suit and uh, declared a disaster. Um, so that got the ball rolling. Uh, FEMA's been in and out. Um, they, I, you know, if FEMA's working, it's great. But if they are not, you're not their priority, I wouldn't count on them, you know, to be there in a pinch when you need oh, it. Yeah. Yep. So uh, and just kudos to um, our representative uh, and our senator uh, for both not letting this die and, and going back to the supplemental budget um, up on Beacon Hill and put in money that we're working real hard to get that and make that available now Uh to the residents and, and in, that were impacted by flooding, right? It, it, I wish that we had and could make a wand and you know wave it over the problem and it would go away, but it's just not that easy. Um, and these are, you know, millions, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars worth of projects and processes that we're going to work real hard at to try and solve. Um, just hang in there with us. We're going to work real hard to get it. And, it, and we're going to keep putting pressure on both the, the, the state and the federal government to help out and make sure that they pull their weight. And, <laughs> and we won't give up. It's going to be awfully frustrating, though. I mean, uh, you know, you're gung-ho and everybody's, you know, somebody said to me one time in these projects, everybody's gung-ho. And then the next year, everybody's ho. And the next year, everybody's gone. <laughs> you know? it, it, it can seem that way. Uh, but I think you've got a team in North Attleboro uh, that's not letting it go. And we're continuing to put pressure on um, every, anybody that will listen, right? And we're trying to – and look, and that's why you see us um, not giving up and forming and working as a regional entity uh, because, you know, flooding happened here in Attleboro, right? Flooding happened in Plainville. Uh, we can all probably make a better 
uh, pitch, right, sure. and bring sure. more attention to this problem as a region than each of us individually, right? Um, I know it will get the, the attention of our congressmen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it will get the attention of the Corps of Engineers, um, and I know it's already gotten the attention of Rep. Scanlon and Senator Feeney. Uh, one of the things that we have to do is continue to advocate for all of our residents and those that were impacted by these floodings and then work to find a solution to prevent it from happening in the future, right? That's got to be part of this. You know, if we just sit and say each time this happens, we're going to dole out money, that's not the right answer, right? Uh, we've got to figure out how to um, work uh, and provide uh, real solutions along that uh, watershed to make sure, you know, it supports the communities and not works to take them down. Yeah, but it, it's another uh, terrible feeling where here you are busting and these people don't quite get it, right? They don't, they don't, I mean, here you are doing all that you can and they don't get it. Well, I, it, look, that's not an excuse for me not to stop trying or to continue to work this aggressively. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So, and, but look, if, if you've got an issue or a problem, we're going to listen. If, if you don't believe us yet, we're going to convince you, right? Mm, yeah. So we're going to keep well, that. Well, I, I believe you can convince them. And, and, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how all of this goes because you've got so many irons in the fire. And, and uh, it's, it's like playing whack-a-mole. Yeah. Whack-a-mole is what they call it. Yeah. But, but, <coughs> but, but, but I would argue at the local level, right, that's where things get done, mm, right? Yeah. Um, Congress can write all kinds of policies. A lot of those affect us and impact us on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Same thing at the state. Yeah. But the roads get paved by yeah, local yeah. communities, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, your water, when you turn it on in North Attleboro, comes from uh, the town, right? Your sewer is from the town, right? The traffic on all the town-owned roads, right, is controlled by now, look, some people will tell us, hey, you, you guys are doing a crappy job and you were too many potholes. And I'm like, that may be true today, right? But it, you're right and we're working on it and we're going to make it better, right? And it's something that uh, is never as easy as, oh, we'll just go out and pave it, right? Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. and, you know, paving is one of those interesting uh, topics that, you know, comes up frequently, right? And now that we're getting hopefully back into the snow season, maybe we'll get some snow this year um, and actually get to do some plowing. But uh, it has a huge impact on the road, uh, and it's something that we're working always. But the price of pavement, right, in the past 10 years has doubled. It's doubled. I mean, it's just so, you know, we're trying to stretch the dollars, you know, that we're getting and, you know, competing with those increases in prices. And when you look at when we get assistance, we get Chapter 90 funding from uh, uh, the the state to help us out with that, right? Well, that hasn't increased. Now, the, the governor absolutely came through and delivered $100 million extra in Chapter 90 funding. We just, the North Attleboro received um, almost $400,000 uh, to help out with our, roving, uh, our road paving program. And we've been putting in a million dollars every year uh, to paving and putting it to roads and building sidewalks, right? Yeah. Um, but we get half, half the amount of pavement that we, you know, in the, for the same the, money, yeah, for the yeah. same money. So <laughs> at the end of the day, um, you know, we got to figure out where we do it, how, where the roads are. Look, if you people live, on Facebook saying, why can't you do my street? <laughs> good, my street man. hasn't been done for 30 years. <laughs> and, and look, and there's a good answer for that too. And mm-hmm. we do see that. Right. And, and here's what I would tell you. If you live on a cul-de-sac, right. And there yeah. are 
three houses on the end of your cul-de-sac, uh, cul and there is you know a pothole yeah, that we yeah. potentially put a patch in already. Um, the amount of traffic and volume that goes up and down your cul-de-sac, right, is just not the same as a major artery or collector road in town, right? You might have 20 cars go across that road. Yeah. Your road's going to be okay for the next 30 years, yeah. right? Yeah. No, look, we do need to make sure that we're getting out there and taking care of it. Do, it up, do, do the crack can. sealing yeah. and all that different stuff, right? Um, but if you're getting, you know, 100,000 cars, you know, going across the road, right? Uh, getting snow plowed and heavy trucks coming through it all the time, right? And it gets worse. It, it gets, gets worse. worse. It compounds, right? So you're going to have to replace that road far <laughs> sooner, right? You're going to have to do a mill and pave, um, you know, and depending on if you do a two inch or a four inch, probably a four inch, you know, you're talking about a million dollars for a mile, right? A million dollars to pave about a mile on a two lane road. Um, and it's just not cheap. And the winners here don't help. You know, it, 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 it's terrible. Yeah, it's the freeze yeah. and thaw cycle. But, but if you don't like the weather, wait a minute, it'll change. Right? It, and last year it was great. So, and it was, <laughs> so but you know, it, this is the time of year that we're, we're always looking at the weather and making sure uh, what we're doing. We did, uh, we kind of followed Attleboro and we, we uh, changed the way we did the parking ban, yeah. right? We lifted our, yep. you know, yeah. established, you know, one to, yeah. you know, five, uh, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, parking ban um, and went to on call. So yeah. Yeah. we're going to give that a try. I think that makes a lot of sense, right? It you does. Know, yeah. There's, there was maybe 12 days out of the year that you know would, you would have to have a potential parking ban. Right? Yeah. But we were had it, we had it in place from one December to you know the end of March. So uh, I think we can work this. There's enough technology out there yeah. in place that we're yeah. going to be able to work with the community and do that. Now, so. did you have? I, I'm fascinated by this. Okay, so you're in the military, military. Did you have any interest in any of this kind of thing? architecture or or development or anything like that before you apply for this gig? Uh, it, it's Honestly, it's the same job I was doing in the military. Okay. Right? So yeah. it, it's, <clears throat> it, it was be, because I, I think a lot of people have this fundamental. It was funny when I was doing the interview for North yeah. Attleboro, they asked me, said, well, you know, are you going to be okay in municipal government? Because, you know, every time you gave an order in the military, you know, they all jumped and did yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know which military you were in, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right? Not, it was never it, right? that easy, right? And it's all about <clears throat> leadership and good leadership and uh, being able to provide that and inspire people to do things, right? Um, but at the end of the day, a unit, right, a organization in the military, a battalion, right? Yeah. We had our own infrastructure. We had to take care of it, right? We had— So it's, it's not It's, it's not, not so different. different yeah, right? I understand. Okay. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I would just—you're just so into this. It, it, you almost sound like somebody who's got a hobby, you know what I mean? And they get really crazy about <laughs> My the wife wants me to have a hobby. She tells I, me I need to go get one. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you'd be on the radio. You yeah. go, you're yeah. very good. You can talk, I certainly. I mean— you could do something maybe. In well, the, I've had a few people city. ask me to be quiet every now and then. Well, I so. can imagine. You know, I've had a career out of it. I've been fired from more stations than I've been hired at. So, so um, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, thank you for coming in. You bet. And, uh, and as you know, the doors are always open. When you want to promote something I appreciate or that. Thank help, you. please let me know. Um, I think you're doing a great job, and I don't live in North Attleboro, but 
you know, you drive by a place and you can pretty well tell what's going on a lot of times. Yeah. And, and um, of course, Tony's work. And Tony is in Panama. He, yeah, he, uh, I think he's just finishing up a trip to Panama. Um, they go down to Panama usually every year. Yeah. Um, him and his wife, they have a, uh, a micro NGO, right? My, what does that mean? Micro, yeah. you know. Itty bitty, teeny weeny, right? Okay, yeah, uh, right. My non-governmental organization. NGO, where, okay. Right, and... Uh, oh, an NGO, okay. An NGO. I thought it was a word, NGO. Yeah, NGO, yeah. okay, right. November Golf Oscar, Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and uh, they uh, provide um, dental care, right? His wife is a uh, Panamanian dentist, and they provide dental care to um, people that are uh, in need of assistance, you know, uh, live in very remote areas. Uh, so I... He comes back and he'll show me the pictures of him, you know, packing out the pack mule, literally, with all the dental equipment, right? And they're going into remote areas of Panama and providing <sighs> uh, dental care. And it's really cool. And, you know, it, you want to talk about working with somebody that got is a well-rounded uh, yeah. experience and background? That's Tony Morbido. Another fa- fascinating guy. Boy, and I just wanted to let people know the kind of – people who are servicing them in North Attleboro are really terrific. Uh, thank you very much you bet. for coming here. I want to thank uh, my listeners, too, uh, for uh, being with us um, today. I want to remind you, of course, that this is the last show I'm doing. I'm fed up uh, until next year. And uh, I hope you'll, uh, you'll stay with us. Um, Happy New Year. Uh, stay tuned for 4 Deep Sports. Uh, we'll see you again next Saturday morning, 9 o'clock. Be the good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. And remember, in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. So long.